you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up, everybody? This is Evan Ingram, tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and this is the NFL Report. Welcome into the NFL Report. James Palmer with you alongside Steve Weich, who's in the wonderful Midwestern portion of the country. We'll get to that in just a second because we have monster guests on this show, Steve. We're kind of sticking with that monster. secondary. We're going to talk a lot about the slot corner position in this game, and that's where we have uh, Teron Johnson, from the Bills, a massive game coming up against the Cowboys. We also have Antoine Winfield Jr. from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. And we have Baldy breaking down the slot corner spot. And oh yeah, one of my favorite players I've ever covered, Andre Johnson, Pro Football Hall of Fame semifinalist at the wide receiver position, one of the greatest players to ever put on a Texans uniform. Steve, this is a monster show. How you doing? This show is absolutely stacked. And as you said, I am in the natty in Cincinnati because week 15, oh. it kicks off Thursday night. And then Saturday, what a big time slate here on NFL Network with the Vikings at the Bengals, where I will be on the sideline. And coming up later in the day, the Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. And the night kicks off with a big one. The Denver Broncos at the Detroit Lions. That is Saturday, only on NFL Network. And JP, you see there's a lot of teams, a lot to gain, a lot of teams that are barely hanging on, and some teams that absolutely have something to lose. So on that note, which team or teams needs to regain momentum going down this final stretch of the season? I was going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs, lost four of their last six, Steve. I was at that game in Arrowhead. We know that the penalties are still an issue. Receiver spot with drops, still an issue. The offense not really finding its footing. But I trust Andy Reid. I trust Patrick Mahomes. They've been here before. You know who hasn't been down the stretch before playing extremely well? That's the Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, and Tua uh -oh. Tagovailoa. I believe in December they have to start getting their momentum back. We know what happened in December a season ago. And then on Monday night, we all see them cough up that game that the Tennessee Titans were almost gift-wrapping to them. And man, does that make me get a bit of the scaries when I saw this offense operate without Tyreek Hill on the field. When he had that ankle injury that kept him off and on throughout the second half of this game, it looked like a different offense without him out there. And we're seeing Tua get sacked repeatedly. He was pressured on 40% of his dropbacks, sacked five times. A big part of that, Steve, when you lose your starting center in Connor Williams to an ACL. And that's the other part that gets me nervous. They need to build up some momentum as they're dealing with injuries on the offensive line, injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Can they find a way to get their swagger back as one of the most explosive teams to watch in all of football because this is what they finish with. Jets, Cowboys, at Ravens, and then they host the Bills, where Teron Johnson will be joining the show, their cornerback. I'm just a little nervous that they need to join, get their momentum going. Now listen, if they win out, they get the number one seed. So it's right there for them. Can they regain that momentum? So it sounds like what you're saying is they're finally gonna have some opportunities to beat some teams with some winning records, and they better. Look, I am going, though, James, mm -hmm. to those Detroit Lions. This is a team that just has not looked Ooh. right. We saw this great start that they had to the season. Now they've dropped two of their last three. They're 9-4, and four, so they still have a two-game lead over the Vikings. But they play a very difficult Broncos team on Saturday. Their defense has allowed mm -hmm. 30 points a game over their past five games. And again, I mentioned that two-game lead. That's over the Minnesota Vikings. Guess who they played twice in the final three weeks of the season? Those Minnesota Vikings. So, yeah, it looks like they're going to make the playoffs, but they're a type of team that if they get rolling, if they regain that momentum, yeah, right now we're saying they can't hang with San Francisco or Philly or Dallas. But if they get going and playing like they did early in the season, they absolutely 
can hang with those teams, but they've got to get right. And this is a week against a tough opponent where they've got to figure it out. Lions showing blitz. Bears have their uh, the Lions have their safeties back deep. Awaiting the snap. Justin oh, Fields moving off the left side. Free play for Justin. Work it down the left side. He's got DJ Moore at the five. Looping into the end zone for the touchdown. Touchdown Bears and they're back in front. Goff takes the snap. Four man rush with protection. He's closing on him. Pickens hit him. Throws over the middle. Intercepted. Intercepted. Tremaine Edmonds and Goff is swiped. Three takeaways, but they're going to do it today with a splendid defensive effort and timely clutch offensive production. So, Steve, what we're saying and starting off this show is who needs momentum down the stretch as a team? How about who needs momentum down the stretch as a starting quarterback and how that could potentially impact how they are involved or not involved in the future of their franchise and the plans that their franchise has moving forward. Who is who could play their way into a future with their franchise or maybe possibly, Steve, play their way out of being in the plans for their franchise? Yeah, you know, look, we just saw one of those players in that video between the Lions and Bears, and that's Lions quarterback Jared Goff. And right now, the way he's played, he is making it even more let's say controversial for the Lions to sign him to a long-term deal. Okay. A couple weeks ago, I said he's going to be a sleeper MVP guy, right? He has a contract that they can get out of at the end of the season and save $7 million in cap space and more than $25 million in actual cash. Now, there was a lot of talk earlier by head coach Dan Campbell how they want to sign him. They want to keep him for the long term. But over the past few weeks, the past three games, eight turnovers, seven touchdowns, and just has not looked like the same player. They also drafted Hendon Hooker, remember, quarterback out of Tennessee, who was the Heisman mm -hmm. leader before he injured his knee, which has sidelined him. But this is going to be an interesting decision if Jared Goff does not get it together. That said, JP, if he does get it together, that's a player I could see them making a long-term commitment to. It's interesting you bring up Hendon Hooker. There were plenty of teams I talked to that, if he wasn't hurt, had him above Will Levis in their quarterback rankings and evaluating yep. the quarterbacks that were coming out in this draft. How about the quarterback that was also in that highlight who threw an absolute dime in Justin Fields? I think, Steve, Justin Fields could play his way out of Chicago with a tremendous finish or a poor finish. Follow me here. Oh, What if they have the number one pick and the Bears fall in love with a quarterback in this draft? And I mean absolutely fall head over heels in love with a quarterback in this draft, and they want to move on from Justin Fields. If Fields plays extremely well down the stretch, his trade value goes up, he becomes more marketable for them to build more around a rookie quarterback. If he plays poor down the stretch, the same thing could be said in almost a different vein, that they feel like they have to move on to another quarterback in this draft, and if they have the number one overall pick, they obviously can do that. And then there is the third option, honestly, that he plays extremely well and he stays in Chicago. And then they use that number one pick to possibly build some ammunition by trading back and putting more players around him. I believe all of Chicago is picking up the phone right now saying, please get us Marvin Harrison Jr. if we're keeping Justin Fields. <laughs> and so I'm just fascinated by what could happen with Fields down the stretch because however he plays, something wild could happen with his future in Chicago. Oh, no, no doubt. This is going to be one of the biggest stories to watch as the season finishes and in the early part of the offseason. But, JP, first off, we've got to get to the playoffs and this playoff run, and our next guest could be heavily involved. Karen Johnson, the, the defensive slot Ooh. corner for the Buffalo Bills, is going to be walking right off the practice fields and onto our TV screens and podcast ears. Well, that's coming up on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Listen up, listen up. That's a hell of a win, man. Resilient, resilient damn football team right here, man. I'm so proud of you guys, man. And all the distractions this week, you guys did not flinch. Coaches, players, staff, so proud of you guys, man. Hey, we got this man's back. Tough week. Ooh, that was in the Bills locker room after a monster win at Arrowhead. And now we are joined by Bills cornerback Taron Johnson, fresh off the practice field. Yeah. Look at this. He's got grass stains on the jersey. He's ready just to jump in front and talk some ball. And you were kind of smiling, we saw, while you were listening to your coach get that, you know, get that game ball from Brandon Bean after the game. What went on that we didn't get a chance to see, Taron, in the locker room? that really kind of just maybe epitomizes where you guys are at as a team after everything you've kind of been through heading into that game and now moving forward? Uh, I would just say the love that we have for one another. Um, I, I mean, I think it's special, you know what I'm saying? I, I haven't been anywhere else. I've been with the Bills my whole career, but it, it feels it feels different here just based off of how I feel like the coaches treat the players, how the players treat the coaches, and just how close we are together. You know what I'm saying? So it just feel it felt like love. So mm -hmm. I was excited that we got the dub. That that's awesome. And, and, and Taryn, you know, we were just on the show a couple of weeks ago, or heck, last week, saying the Bills are a team that if they find their footing, are going to be super dangerous down the stretch. Do you think that victory over Kansas mm -hmm. City has put you on that trajectory? Uh, definitely. It's just, I mean, but at the same time, we got to make sure we're taking it one week at a time. You know what I'm saying? And and just making sure we're taking the steps to get the result that we want on uh, Sunday. Okay, one week at a time. This is my last question before we move forward about that game. I was standing on the sideline at Arrowhead on the 25-yard line when Travis Kelsey laterals the football to Kadarius Toney. I just want to know what's said in the defensive huddle after that play is called back and you're getting ready for the next play. Does anybody say anything like, oh my God, what just happened? Thank God we're back on the field and this game is still going. To be honest, nobody said anything. You know what I'm saying? I saw the flag, like I had saw the flag like early in the play. You know what I'm saying? So I, I didn't know what it was for, but I, I had mm -hmm. saw it. But when I saw it after they scored a touchdown, I'm like, okay, this it doesn't even really matter. You know what I'm saying? But it was just like, no one uh -huh. said anything. You know what I'm saying? We just trying to still win the game after, even after that play was over. You know what I'm saying? We was just trying to figure it out and win the yep. game. Yeah, you know, for those who are looking at that clip right there, you can, I know you can't see it, Taryn. You were the one lined up in the bunch. Were you actually connected with Kadarius Toney as he, as he came off mm -hmm. uh, the line of scrimmage and you went to the flat? But let's move this forward because you guys have a big game this week against the Dallas Cowboys. And you know the hype yeah. train that's coming along with Dallas. You know how well that they're playing. What type of challenge do they do they give to you guys, knowing how hot they are, especially how Dak is in that passing game, and especially as a defensive back, some of the things that they're trying to do in that passing game? Um, the I, I, I think the fact is you got to get Dak off rhythm. Um, he looks very comfortable. Looks like he has time in the uh, in the pocket, and he's stepping up, making some good throws. And I feel like the biggest thing is hopefully. Our D line just just get after him, make him uncomfortable, and I think that that'll make a big difference. Your D line was able to do that to Patrick Mahomes in those final couple of plays. You guys didn't even have to bring extra pressure, and you were able to get after Mahomes those last three plays after that play. We've been breaking down there, and let's talk about that passing game you saw in those games against Philly. Obviously, you've studied all the film. Ceedee Lamb, his favorite target, sure does like to make some damage out of the slot. That is a spot mm -hmm. that you line up for. What makes CD so dynamic when he lines up inside like that? Uh, I mean, he's a smooth, very smooth route runner, um, crafty. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be able to – he's good at getting space off between him and his defender. And not to mention, he's great at making the contested mm -hmm. catch. So, I mean, all those things alone make him a really good receiver. Let me ask this as a defender. You guys, I'm sure uh, – well, well, tell me this. How are you guys practicing that Cowboys cadence, that here we go cadence? And it seems like because it's kind of a sing-song yeah. type of cadence, really it allows you to know when the ball is going to be snapped and where you exactly have to be at that point. I mean, we just watch the tape, uh, just, just kind of hear it, see, see what it's like, and 
and not go too hard on the cadence just basically because they do a lot of different things, not just that same, that, that same cadence. So it's just like just making sure that we're reading our keys. And I know the D-line is going to be paying attention more, more to that than I'd say the back seven. You guys have had a couple key injuries to your unit, right, Tyron? Like to, to multiple guys that, that play big roles as a part of your defense. Yeah. But it almost seems like you guys have found a way just not to miss a beat. I know the front's played really well and get after quarterback helps that out. Does that kind of signify your resiliency as a unit when, when guys like Matt Milano go down and Tredarius White go down and, and you have that ability to kind of regroup? What does that say about your unit and your defense? I mean, I think it says a lot. It also says a lot about the coaches here, the, uh, the players, the GMs bring, bring in here. It's just the fact that um, we're not really missing a beat because everyone's locked into the game plan. Everyone is doing extra work after practice. Everyone is just trying to get better. So when your number's called, you're ready. Darren, I'm, I'm in Cincinnati uh, for, for a game here Saturday, but I spoke to their, their slot DB, Mike Hilton. And he said his two favorite players to watch are Indy slot corner, Kenny Moore, slot corner slash safety, and you. And said the way you play the position and that versatility is how the game should be played. And we've talked some on the show about the, the slot corner and its importance. What is, why, why do you think it's become such a premier position in the NFL? I mean, just the fact that if you, I feel like if you have a guy that can cover uh, a number one receiver and you have a guy that can tackle your best running back in the box, then I feel like that's very, what I think is valuable. You know what I'm saying? So just having a guy who can cover and tackle and pretty much do everything that you ask him to do, just being a well-rounded football player, that's why I think it's such a specific position because you got to do a lot of good, you got to do a lot of things and you got to do them well. And, and with that, Taryn, like when you have quarterbacks that can extend plays, Dak is playing outside of the pocket more than we've seen over the last couple of years. Um, and, and, and you have the, these quarterbacks that make plays last longer. You have mm -hmm. one in your building in Josh Allen. What is it like mm -hmm. when you have to man the middle of the field when plays are as long as they are? I mean, it's tough. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like a play and then <laughs> a second play. It's like two plays in one, you know what I'm saying? You got to stop the first one, yeah. and then you got to stop after the fact. So that after the fact is mainly about willpower and just being in the, the right position, not letting people get behind you and just plastering your man to hold down. Let's get these right, slot corners Look, paid, man, Steve. Let's get them Let's get paid. Slot pay. Exactly, man. I, I, I love it. Hey, Darren, when Mike Hilton said that you were one of his favorite players, I was like, right on, because you are really showing – how good of a player you are on the biggest stage. We know you're going to be on a big one this weekend. We can't thank you enough for joining us here on the NFL Report. Hey, I appreciate that very much. Thank you, guys. Coming up next on the NFL Report, Antoine Winfield Jr., the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're sticking with these dynamic players in the secondary because they need some attention. That's coming up next on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Back at the NFL Report, it's considered the league's most prestigious honor. The Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award presented by Nationwide, it recognizes NFL players who've exhibited excellence on the field and whose passion to impact lives extend, extends beyond the game. The Walter Payton Man of the Year Award will be announced at NFL Honors Thursday, February 8th on CBS. To learn about all of this year's nominees, visit NFL.com slash man of the year. But you won't have to go there when we're talking about the Buccaneers nominee because we have got Antoine Winfield Jr. with us right yeah. now, JP. Antoine, thanks for joining us. 
and congratulations on this nomination. Thank you. I appreciate it. And we saw you in the promo there pushing the shopping cart. Uh, we know you do stuff throughout the community, taking a lot of kids in the foster care system, whether you're going and getting Manny Petties, you're taking them to Topgolf, you're taking them shopping <laughs> sprees. We're doing all of these different things. But specifically, Angel, what stands out to me is, you know, with a lot of these youth, they're not starting at the same spot as a lot of other kids are starting. And you want to make sure you get them to start this path of life at the exact same spot so many other kids get a chance to, right? Yes, 100%. You know, a lot of these kids in the foster care system, you know, they don't have all that support that, you know, one might have. And so my goal was just, you know, hang around the kids, build a relationship with the kids and let them know that, you know, they're not by themselves out here. They got support in my family. Antoine, how'd you get involved with foster kids? Yeah, so I ended up doing, uh, went to a gala or a fundraising event, and I, I introduced to these uh, people that work at a heart gallery, and um, they help foster kids get adopted. And then I remember talking to them. I'm like, I should do something with you guys. So I um, told them just to bring a group of foster kids out. I took them to Top Golf. This is really where I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to, you know, hang out with these kids and, and, you know, show them, you know, that there's more to life than, you know, their current situation. I love it. You got the Iron Man mask on right there, Anton. I, lo I love that. <laughs> what's, the what's the best thing you've taken kids to? And what's maybe something you haven't done yet that maybe is kind of kicking around in that brain that you'd like to go and have some experiences with some of these kids with? Um, the best thing I would say, I took the kids to a trampoline park and I thought that was pretty fun. Oh, um, just yeah. to have a kid, <laughs> but, um, something that I plan to do, I don't know. I'm still working on some, some other things to do with the kids, but, um, I'm not even sure yet. Okay. So Sorry. you took them to a trampoline park. We know you guys have clauses in your contracts where you can't skydive and do things like that. <laughs> did you put yourself at any type of risk when you're on there with all these kids? <laughs> I most definitely did. I most definitely did, but I made sure I was safe. I mean, <laughs> I also look at well, Antoine, Antoine, you know, Antoine, that you're on the, the Bucks. So you're on the Bucks social justice board. That's, that's another aspect yeah. of, of, of what you do. I'm curious with what, what, what is it exactly that all of you guys are working on trying to accomplish with that board, because I find it fascinating. Yeah, yeah, so it's pretty much, we have like a mentorship program where uh, we meet up with, uh, you know, different groups of kids and they come to the facility and we just do different events around. Um, like one thing we uh, went with like different like police around the city and they kind of explain like how their jobs and how mm -hmm. they work and things like that. So it's really just bridging the gap between, um, you know, just the community. Antoine, let's talk a little That's bit right. of football right now because the Buccaneers are right there atop a very tight NFC South. What do you guys need to do to continue winning ball games like you did last week against Atlanta to clinch that playoff berth? Yeah, um, we just got to continue winning. And, um, you know, I feel like a big thing coming up with these last few weeks is uh, takeaways. I know specifically takeaways on our part defensively and just ultimately scoring the ball and just feeding off of each other. So I feel like we just got to play complimentary football these last few weeks, and, and that's just been the goal. Okay, let's talk takeaways and you specifically, because I love that you're on here. Walter Payton, Man of the Year nominee, but we also got to get those Pro Bowl votes up. And you're one of the best safeties in football. Look at this. 97 tackles, Steve. Four sacks, four forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, two interceptions, 11 Insane. PBUs. We're doing it everything Insane. on that side of the ball. What I'm curious about is you're a really good blitzer from the secondary. What does it take to be dynamic getting after the quarterback from the secondary. Do you have to have a good poker face? What do you have to do, Anton? <laughs> it's tough because I get ID'd a lot. So they know I'm coming when I'm blitzing. So um, it's really <laughs> a matter of whoever's uh, trying to block me because they're going to send somebody to me. They're not going to let me just run free anymore. And so it's really just about setting them up. You know, I might give them a fake inside, jump outside, and just playing with it throughout the game and giving them different looks. Antoine, you know, James and I were talking before the show, like it's how crazy, like he just mentioned how your name isn't on the tip of everybody's tongue when it comes to great players in this league, but also your wide receiver, Mike Evans. When we hear about the great wide receivers, for whatever reasons, he seems to get 
kind of played to the left a little bit. We know he's a future, probably first ballot Hall of Famer. What can you tell us about him, his greatness, and why he is so successful week after week doing what he does? Man, his consistency. <laughs> I mean, you can see it with the numbers, but that's I just knew you were going to say that. I mean, what was it, <laughs> 10 years in a row, 1,000 yards? Like, that's insane. <laughs> so, But uh -huh. it's just been his and he's, he's a great player and will be in the Hall of Fame one day. He, he is tremendous in the red zone, but you guys as a defense have been really good in the red zone of late. We know you have to do that uh, down the stretch here. What makes a really good red zone defense in your mind? I would say just understanding uh, the concepts that, you know, you're going to be attacked with um, and then also just practicing. Okay. Um, you know, we, you know, we practice well and, Especially when it comes to the red zone, we know that we got to take care of business and keep the offense out of the end. You talk about practicing well, understanding the concepts. Well, you know, defensively, that comes from your head coach, Todd Bowles. What kind of coach is he? Because we know you talk about consistency. Your defense, for the most part, has been very consistent since he's been there as the DC and the HC. Yeah, um, yeah, Coach Bowles. He's uh, one, definitely probably the smartest coach that I know, um, especially on the defensive side of the field. Mm. You know, I go up there and meet with him, and he, you know, breaks down the, you know, film with me. And, you know, I've really just been leaning on him because, you know, he's the best to really do it. And so um, just really, really leaning on him and, and just understanding the different concepts is what helped me, you know, make the plays that I'm making, especially with the defense that we have. You've been making these plays since since your rookie year. And, and I remember being down there. I was, for some reason, the NFL ships me down there and, and follows you guys throughout all of training camp. And Brady's down there. And you guys go all the way and, and win a Super Bowl title. What do you gather from that locker room, from that team, your rookie season, about what you need to have, maybe certain aspects as a room, to be successful in the postseason and make a Super Bowl run? What did you learn? Yeah, I had so many great players around me and um, just seeing them work <laughs> yeah. every single day, like their mentality towards like coming in and taking care of business was the biggest thing for me coming in, especially early on. And um, it's kind of something that I catered to my game. So it's like when you're in here, you're working. When you're when you're practicing, you're working. It's not it's, you can't just go through a practice and, and, and be calm and, and, you know, not make plays. You got to go in there and work like it's a game. And so that's pretty much the biggest thing that I picked up from those older guys when I first got to the league. Well, Antoine, hey, awesome. continued success to you awesome. and to the Buccaneers. But, man, what you are doing off the field to help enhance lives means everything, oh. and we appreciate you taking the time and joining us here on the NFL Report. Yes, of course. I appreciate it, y'all. Okay, while we're talking about the Buccaneers and things happening off the field, the NFL continued its accelerator program at this week's league meetings, and the accelerator program was established in this case to help continue bringing recognition to diverse candidates so they can get hired into league's front offices. And here is Buccaneers front office exec Jackie Davidson with our own Judy Batista. Right, we're here with Jackie Davidson, Vice President of Football Research for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jackie, this is your fourth accelerator program. What are you hoping to get out of this one? Uh, I think for this one, it's been a lot about um, individual development and not particularly pertaining to football. So all of us are leaders at our respective organizations. And I think it's been great to kind of grow a skill set that could really be useful in business as a whole, but is also applicable to uh, a football team. Maybe how has how is this version of the accelerator different and, and sort of does it give you um, maybe a different avenue for development than you've had in the past? Sure, I, th I think um, you know, piggybacking off my, my previous answer, it has been uh, less football intensive, but it's some of the things that we don't necessarily get on a day-to-day -day when we're so, you know, scouting-centric or, you know, salary cap-centric. It's, it's more about, you know, how you work within um, or most effectively within a team, how you sort of cross generations with all of the, the, the people in the building. Uh, one of the sessions we just had really kind of hit on something we talk about all the time, that we get older, the players stay the same age. So it's about <laughs> trying to trying to bridge that gap between those generational uh, divides. As you said, stuff that can apply 
broadly in the business world. Look, we have seen women make some inroads uh, in front office capacities. You've been at it a long time, so you've seen it uh, develop along the way. What do you think women have to do to get even more numbers in these positions and get ready for general manager roles? I think the primary thing is exposure. It's still, um, I'm still kind of astounded by how many people don't realize the number of jobs that are available within a football team. We always think about the front facing ones, but there are a lot of things that go on behind the scenes and areas that, that um, women can go into that aren't playing, that aren't coaching, that aren't even scouting. There are the, there's all these other inroads that I think we just have to become more visible and let people know they're out there. And then once they're in, you know, do what you can to, to get up the ladder. Your own path. That's a really good example of that, right? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Jackie, thanks so much. Thank you. Good to see you. The Bucks have been always good in the front office and aspects of finding different ways to be successful. Jackie, a big part of that. Coming up next, Andre Johnson, a Pro Football Hall of Fame semifinalist once again. He actually torched Antoine Winfield Sr. a few times in his career. He's up next on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back into the NFL Report. James Palmer, Steve Weiss with you. Steve, I am stoked about this one. This is Andre Johnson, yeah. the Texans great. Once again, a Hall of Fame semifinalist, one of my favorite people to cover, even though, Dre, you used to make us wait forever before you would talk to the media when you were getting out of the shower after a game. You, would you were notorious for taking an eternity. Half the people would leave. You probably liked it that way. No, not really. I just had to... Uh... I always sit in the cold tub for at least 30 minutes after the game. So uh, that's what really took the longest. Got it. See, there it is, Dre. You know, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. But, Andre, we know that you're still so involved with this organization. Um, and you're doing a lot with the Houston Texans. Just what about some of the things that they have been able to do this year? Because nobody coming into the season expected them to be in a playoff hunt at this point of the season. Well, I think the biggest thing was just getting the right coach in here. And um, D'Amico has done a great job. He's done an amazing job. Um, the guys has bought into what he's brought to the organization. And I also think that it, the future looks very bright. You know, he has a great reputation around the NFL. And I think it's, it has also, uh, you know, made this place a landing spot for free agents. So, um Guys love him around the league. Guys, guys speak highly of him around the league, and he's doing a great job. Andre, you, you played with D'Amico. You you know him as as a as a player. You know him as a person. You know him as a man. When he was kind of being sought after by every team, uh, pretty much that had a head coaching vacancy and wanted D'Amico to come into their building, did you get on the phone and be like, I know Houston's interviewing you. I know you want to come here, but I, I got to try to push this over the edge in some capacity because you knew kind of the type of player and type of coach he was. No, I, um, I just, you know, he, he texts me, you know, about him wanting to come to Houston. Um, and I think for me, it was just more of just like, you know, I, I reached out to Cal and um, I just told him like, you know, we need to mm -hmm. make sure we make the right decision, you know, on this next hire. And, uh, you know, he was in total agreement with me, but I never gave him a name. And when I found out D'Amico was going to get the <laughs> job, man, it was pure excitement. <laughs> hey, Andre, I'm, I'm going to go back to what you said earlier about D'Amico's reputation around the league. I mean, you were a player. Players talk to, to assistant coaches to each other. But how important is it for you to say, hey, man, you, you want to come here. You want to play for this guy. He's going to get the best out of you. He's going to treat you a certain way. Talk to us about that grapevine 
And how much you think that's going to help the Texans as long as D'Amico Ryans is their head coach? I mean, I think if you look at uh, when he was in San Francisco and he was the defensive coordinator, the way the guys responded to him. Um, and even then, you know, everybody spoke so highly of him. Um, even him at, being here as a teammate, you know, he always had that leadership quality about him. Um, it's no surprise to me or any of his teammates. If you would have saw his press conference, it was so many of his former teammates here um, just so excited mm. for him to to be the head coach here. So um, I've seen every press conference here except for Dom Capers. And when the, during D'Amico's press conference, it was the most energy I had ever seen in this building um, for a head coach that was coming in here. So uh, he had, I mean, from local rappers uh, to his former teammates, anybody that was involved in this community was – so excited to have him back here because we knew what we were getting as a head coach. Oh boy, oh boy! Hey, yeah. it was Megan I'm assuming, I'm assuming I'm assuming Bun was fired up. No, I bet you Bun was there. Bun was fired up. I guarantee. Yeah, Bun B, Bun B was definitely there. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely. he was rocking. Go ahead. I know he was. I know. He was. I, yeah. I, I, I want to touch on that because you mentioned everything that you've seen in that building. You have said, you know, I think it was recently that you're going to be around this organization until they put you in the ground. You just love right. the Houston Texans organization. You spend time on the on the business side. You spend time around the football side. So with that said, and I've been to a couple of games this year and seen what that building looks like. What is the biggest difference right now from what the last couple of years were and now what it is in your mind? To me, it's just, uh, it has more of like, so when I first got here, um, everything about this organization was kind of family oriented. Uh, you got to mm -hmm. know people on the business side, you know, you got to meet their families, you got to, you know, spend time with, with their kids. And it, it, it just kind of, it made everybody just kind of wanna win and, and, and do the right things for the organization. And I think, you know, in the previous years, everything was so separated. And I think now we're getting back to where, you know, guys are hanging out, spending time with each other, like CJ does things for the guys, has guys over to his house. Mm -hmm. um, just the camaraderie is so different. Like when I was playing, we would sit out in the parking lot after the games, win or lose. And, you know, our kid, guys, kids, and families would, you know, just sit around. We'll talk about the game and, you know, talk about things we could have done different and fixed. And um, I think that's what it's getting back to. It's just, you know, bringing back mm. the, the old things that we used to do. And the, and the camaraderie is, is, is back where it needs to be. Well, Andre, you've got that, that aspect of it, which is hugely important. But you also got a quarterback in C.J. Stroud. I mean, what has yeah. he done whew, to accelerate the success of this team? Um, CJ is just a amazing leader. Um, he's a he's a leader of men. Uh, even though he's young, you know, he came in right away and grabbed the attention of the team. And like I said, he right now to this day, um, he has guys over to his house, and you know, the guys get to hang out and you know just kind of build as a team. And you know, all the guys have bought into his leadership. And one thing about CJ that I've noticed about him, he's not going to go out there and make the same mistake twice. He's a very fast learner. Um, I know people gave him some bad press about his learning abilities and things like that coming out for the draft. But, I mean, he's mm -hmm. proved everybody wrong. So um, I'm very excited about him being our quarterback and the future of his career. All right, Dre, before we let you go, as I said at the top, once again, a Pro Football Hall of Fame semifinalist. So I'm curious. Steve and I were talking about this. Your combination of size and speed was remarkable. And Steve keeps bringing up DK Metcalf as like size and speed. I'm curious who do you like right. to watch right now with the way you played the game and maybe the way maybe a receiver sticks out in today's game that you like watching. Um, I like to watch all of them. Um, AJ Brown is probably AJ Brown and Debo Samuel mm. 
right now are probably my two favorite uh, because, I mean, okay. Debo is just – I mean, they play the game physical like I like to play the game. So, um, DK's a guy I like to watch also. Uh, but my two favorite right now, I would have to say, is A.J. Brown and um, Debo Samuel. Hey, Andre, we're out of time, so I'm going to tell him because, you know, we keep on talking about DK Metcalf and him hitting 23 miles an hour. You were the Big East 60-meter indoor champion back in the day and the Big East 100-meter track and field champion. So you got some skates. I'd like to see you and DK go at it in your prime. But, Andre, Andre, thank you so much (laughs) for joining James and I here on the NFL Report, man. That insight was absolutely fantastic. All right, thank you guys for having me. All right, coming up next, we got Brian Baldinger, JP. He is going to tell us about some of his DBs that we need to give some shine to. So he's going to do it next on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back to the NFL Report. James Palmer, Steve Weich with you. It's Baldy's favorite films, Baldy's breakdowns. We just kind of stole it for our show because we love having Brian Baldinger (laughs) on every single Thursday. And this is why Baldy's the best, Steve, because what do we have? We're talking secondary. We're talking to multiple slot corners. We're talking to Taron Johnson on the show, Baldy. And you wanted to break down really guys in that specific position. Before we get to the players, could you maybe just tell everybody who's listening or watching how this position in your eyes has gotten so important to defenses. Well, uh, a couple things. One, the best slot corner that I've ever seen is Charles Woodson. He's in the hall of fame, but he made every single tackle in green Bay. Like he, when he was there, like he would match up outside if you were two receivers, but if you're three receivers, he went inside because he was such a great tackler. So I mentioned tackling first. Because, yes, most teams march out three wide receivers or they could have a flex tight end as one of the receivers. But you're matching up like that. And so you might go against, A, a flex tight end in the slot. You might go against the best receiver on the field in the slot. You might be able to go, you know, if you're playing Dallas, Mm -hmm. CeeDee Lamb's going to be in the slot. That could be your assignment if you're in man coverage. And then you're expected in the run game to be able to beat those receivers trying to block you and to get uh, an extra body to the run game and shut the run game down. So it's a physical position where you've got to stick your nose in there and you've got to be aggressive like Taron Johnson is in Buffalo. He is uh, he's a force. And then at the same time, you've got to handle these uh, option routes that all these guys run in the, in the slot where they kind of clear out and you've got all this space that you've got to defend. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't get the sidelines you know, as your friend, as you're defending. Yeah. You're defending in space. And so your man-to-man skills, if you don't have them, they will be exposed. I mean, that, that's such a great breakdown because, you know, Rondé Barber, the Hall of Famer, he was the first guy yeah. who really brought significant attention to that nickel position. He said he'd have to go to linebacker meetings, DN meetings, corner meetings, safety meetings, to talk about the complexity of the position. Well, the one guy who might be playing it at one of the best levels right now in the moment, Michael Carter II. With the Jets, yeah. what can you tell I, us about how well he is playing? Well, you know, they just finished uh, shutting the Houston Texans down last week in New York. And in that game, they defended 10 passes. And Michael Carter had a couple of those. But um, he's a guy right now with this defense, they play a lot of man coverage. And they put a lot on, uh, especially if they're going to try and get an extra body to, to blitz right there. And He's been a one guy, just a, a, a real constant. And yes, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed are excellent outside. But sometimes they're only as good as that slot defender because he, he's taken in all those positions and covering all those counter receivers that Houston have, that Buffalo has, and all those that Miami has in all those division games. Uh, he's stood out. In fact, I, 
I did a, a breakdown on Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed this week. They got a lot of attention, but a lot of the attention was Baldy. Don't leave out Michael Carter the second. Like he's a big part of their, you know, receive they're defending uh, anybody's receiving core right now. And we, we're talking so much about this position, Baldy, and the versatility you need. I, I go to Detroit. You look at Brian Branch, the youngster, who's playing safety for them and playing nickel for them. Now, this past week, it was kind of interesting. They cut down his snaps big time. They just kind of wanted him to focus on the nickel spot and focus on that spot specifically. But what have you seen from him as a whole in terms of how he plays that spot? Well, he is, he's got the, the versatility. I mean, when Steve mentioned, you know, um, the versatility that's required um, at that position, you know, whether it's playing linebacker, corner, safety, I think he embodies all those things. He's very, very comfortable mm-hmm. in that space that's between the outside uh, receiver and wherever your tight end or offensive tackle is. There's a lot of space to defend there. I mean, he's excellent in the alley making tackles. He's excellent getting off blocks in the run game. And, and then the short area routes that, I mean, here he is, you know, taking the, defa- uh, the deflection against Kansas City right there for pick six. But, you know, he's got this, this division to really defend a lot of space. And, uh, and I think Brian Branch is a future great player in his business at that position. Baldy, uh, Diamador Lenore from the, the 49ers, you brought him up before. He has been, I, I think since he's been inserted into that starting slot position, their defense has really taken off. A little bit more on him, please. Well, you know, they were having problems. You know, they, they had lost three in a row, Steve, and one of those losses was to Minnesota. And really, Kirk Cousins had their way, and they were attacking in, in, in really in short intermediate routes. And, you know, Kirk had his way, Joe Burrow had his way, and they had to fix that position. And when they put Lenore went from him from outside to inside, that really fixed it. Javarius was excellent outside, um, but this, and Ambry Thomas was very good. They needed to fix the inside position, and they reclaimed the position as the best defensive football. I think in large part, because Lenore has really stepped up in the slot, and he's been a force and, uh, you know, a great player on the underneath coverage right now from the 49ers. Baldy, I look at Mike Hilton and everything that has gone on in Cincinnati. You lose both those safeties. They get younger at the cornerback spots, and he's kind of the veteran that's been there. That's where Steve's at right now. He's going to be at the game, calling the game on Saturday with Cincinnati. He hasn't allowed a touchdown in coverage this season. He's quietly having just a monster season in Lou Anaremo's defense. Well, you can look at the turnaround of the Cincinnati Bengals. You could say, well, it was the day Joe Burrow got there. You know, Jamar Chase drafted. All that All that is true. But really, you know, they got Trey Hendrickson and Mike Hilton in the same free agent class. And Awudzie. They, they got all those mm. guys in one big bundle. And they have, they literally cemented the nickelback position. I think they weakened Pittsburgh a great deal because they have yet to replace Mike Hilton in that position. And then the moment <laughs> they put Mike in there in that defense uh, right now that Lou Anarumo runs, I mean, whether he's a blitzer, where he's excellent. You know, whether he's a run force, he's excellent. Or whether he's in that slot or doubling key uh, receivers. Uh, in a variety of roles, Mike Hilton has fixed that position in Cincinnati. And yes, well, they're still, you know, trying to replace Von Bell and Jesse Bates and Look, Dax Hill and the young guys are back there. But it certainly helps that Mike Hilton is there, and he's a communicator, and he's a great team guy. You watch any Cincinnati Bengal game. You'll see yeah. it this weekend, Steve. Like, he is the cheerleader on the sideline. He never sits down. He's cheering the offense on. Like, he is one of those guys that um, team camaraderie, like he's at the, the forefront of all that in Cincinnati. Communicates with the green dot, Logan Wilson, well, also the middle linebacker. For the Bengals. Hey, Baldy, we're, we're, we're a little short here, but Jordan Lewis, guy who used to play outside for Dallas, now they've moved him inside with some of the injuries that they've had. That has really helped magnify some of the things they like to do defensively as well. I agree. I, I totally agree. You know, you got Deron Bland who's getting all the attention this year. Stephon Gilmore has been better than anybody could have imagined. Yeah. But the third component, especially last week playing the Eagles with as much uh, three receiver sets as they put out there. Uh, Jordan Lewis, healthy in the slot, is, is probably his best position. They, he played outside early in his career, coming out of Michigan. 
But I feel like this is his position, and he's upgraded the overall secondary of the Cowboys. It doesn't get the attention because of Deron Bland's pick sixes and what Micah Parsons does every week. But the back end of this defense, Donovan Wilson, Jordan Lewis, Malik Hooker, like they are very sound in what they're doing. Unreal. I love when we can focus on something like this, Steve and, and Baldy, that we can have this just, a, just a deep dive on who's playing a position that maybe I think Baldy's getting overlooked quite a bit. Teron Johnson said it to us. He said, listen, it, it's one of the hardest spots on the field and specifically in today's game with everything you got to be focused on. So I, I, this is one of my favorite ones we've had, I think, ever on the show. Well, Teron Johnson is, I mean, first of all, for his size to be as physical as he is, they would not be the Buffalo defense mm-hmm. that uh, Sean McDermott has been putting out there without his ability to play in the slot. Uh, he makes Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer even better. Um, and he is, and he's very, very versatile. And he, number seven, mm-hmm. just watch him this weekend against Dallas, everybody. Number seven shows oh, up. Tough. He makes, he, 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 he leaves yeah. his mark. He he's certainly so does. All right, Baldy. Line up against Appreciate CD you, brother. There a little bit. That's going to be dynamic. That's right. Hey, appreciate you, Baldy. We'll see you next Thursday. Yep. Speaking of next Thursday, make sure to watch us next Thursday and next Monday here on the NFL Report, 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time. These guys are Watch us on the NFL app. You can watch us on all the free streaming apps like Roku, Peacock, Pluto. But also remember, JP, we are a podcast. And this show, as great as it is on TV, is even fantastic. Okay, so... Big game this weekend. I want to go back to the Denver Broncos real quick. Get about 15 seconds. Tough matchup against the Lions. Do the Broncos keep it rolling? They keep it rolling. You know what I'm going to say real quick? They have found a slot corner in Jaquan McMillan. They love the kid. They think he has been phenomenal in the slot spot. I love that you asked that because let's just make this entire show about one position, and we're trying to get it paid, guys. It is going to be a phenomenal weekend of football. Specifically watch those guys lining up in that nickel spot. We're versatile, guys. Listen to us on the podcast, just like slot corners. We're everywhere. See you Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.